0: Father, as we're quiet before you, we thank you for ministering to our spirits. Thank you for your peace. As we hear the rain in the background refreshing the earth, your spirit's refreshing our souls. We thank you this morning for your presence, and we want to attune our ear to your spirit. We want what you want, Lord what you desire. We want your will to be manifested. We want to be like Jesus, hearing your voice and responding to your leading. So we yield ourselves to you, Father. We thank you. We thank you. And we bless you today in Jesus' name. Amen. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves, (laughs) where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone. What a message in that song. What a message. That sums up what I have to say. share three scriptures with you as we start uh, beginning in second Corinthians 3:17 second Corinthians 3:17 says now the Lord is the Spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty. where the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty. John 8:36 John 8:36 If therefore the Son shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. As the Son set you free, free indeed. Galatians It was for freedom that Christ set us free. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. Title of this is Church Come Forth. Church Come Forth. With help from Gloria Gaither, I start with this. Deep within the heart is always known that there's freedom. It's built into the very soul of life. Even life itself begins. Because a baby fights for freedom. Many of us have spent many long years searching for freedom. Some of us have to experience painful trials, difficult circumstances. Many look for freedom in drugs, sex, money, adventure, trying to to stuff ourselves until the empty spot is filled. And we find that release, that liberty, that freedom eludes us. And then one day, somewhere along life's journey, we meet the Master. And we realize, as Gary S. Paxton once famously said, he was there all the time, waiting patiently in line. And as we repent and believe, we begin to realize one thing. Freedom is free, but it is not cheap. When my Lord bought freedom on the cross, that cross stamped freedom on my very soul. What a glorious thing to say that he stamped freedom on my soul. Jesus says, I have come to give you life, and give it more abundantly. Jesus says, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Jesus says, if the Son makes you free, you are free indeed. <laughs> Looking back at Galatians 5.1, I repeat, it was for freedom that Christ set us free. Set us free. Past tense. It's already been accomplished. It's a fact. It's a done deal. You can take it to the bank. You can cash that check. There's funds available. Free from sin. Free from fear. Free from shame. Free from worthlessness, free from despair, free from poverty, free from death. Thank God I am free, free, free from this world of sin. I'm washed in the blood of Jesus. I've been born again. Therefore, Paul writes, keep standing firm. Do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. Why does he say this? Because Paul knows all too well that too many blood-bought, born-again believers so often do just that. We lose our footing. We lose our perspective. We allow old habits and old ways of thinking and living. We allow the flesh to creep back on us and throw its flimsy threads of bondage around us and soon there we are we are Christians yes but we are living in bondage freshly Christians carnal Christians trapped by a yoke of bondage it should never be so why would we throw our freedom away We know with our heads that Jesus delivers us from all fears, but we live in fear. We know with our heads that Jesus says, Cast all your care on me. Do I not provide for the birds of the air? Yet we live in anxiety and worry. We know with our heads that we should not slander and gossip, yet it seems so easy to fall into that conversation. We know we should walk in unforgiveness. Seems so easy to hold a grudge and bitterness and resentment. We know with our heads that Jesus set us free from sin and he has given us the power over sin, yet how easily sin seems to entangle us. We know with our heads that God is greater than our government, our president, world leaders, the economy, Yet we walk in fear about it all. Some of us listen to too much news instead of reading the Word. We know with our heads that I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's easy to sit here this morning and sing strongly the things of God in these worship songs. And then walk down the aisle of Walmart Wednesday afternoon. And see someone who doesn't know Christ, and we hit the mute button. Brethren, let us not return to bondage. Freedom. Freedom is only a step away. But if you are in bondage this morning, freedom is right at the doorstep. John chapter 11, there is the account of Lazarus. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany of the village of Mary and her sister Martha. And it was the Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. The sisters therefore sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified by it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When therefore he heard that he was sick, he stayed then two days longer in the place where he was. Jesus gets the word. This is not just some little sore throat. Mild cold. Twisted toenail. It's not a planter's wart. This is a sickness that's bad. Serious. I don't think Mary would send word to Jesus to come if Lazarus had a blackhead or a blister on his thumb. No, it's serious. Lazarus was no simple acquaintance of Jesus, it seems. Because the scripture tells us that Jesus loved him. Points out that he loved him. Not only loved him, but loved Mary and Martha. One entire verse given, Jesus loved them. Yet Jesus makes no apparent move. He stays two more days. You ever feel that God's not responding to your situation? Ever feel like you've done all you've could? You've cried out, you've prayed, you've fasted, you've sacrificed. Still heaven seems silent? Is this love? Is this love? Jesus gets the message. He didn't misunderstand. Yet he waits. There's a worship song that Gail and I know well, and we sing often in our, in our home group. In His time, in His time, he makes all things beautiful in his time. Lord, please show me every day, as you're teaching me your way, that you do just what you say in your time. I've been on the Sea of Galilee where Jesus calmly slept through a menacing, raging storm while the disciples got all frantic. And one of them even cried out, Jesus, don't you care? Don't you care? We're dying! We're capsizing! I've not learned a lot in my life, but I've learned a couple of things, I think. I'm still learning. One thing is, Jesus is never in a hurry. (laughs) He's never in a hurry, but he's never late. Jesus is never late. And the second thing is this. Jesus loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And Jesus loves you. If he doesn't love you, he doesn't love anybody. If Jesus doesn't love you, he doesn't love anybody. Because he's no respecter of persons. I have four children. Twelve grandchildren. I love them equally. There's a reservoir of love for each one of them. I love them uniquely, maybe in a different way, but it's the same love. I'm no respecter of my children or my grandchildren. I love them all. If I didn't love one, I wouldn't love any of them. Jesus loves you or he loves no one. That's what God said in the song we just sang. Well, the situation with Lazarus gets worse in verse 14. Jesus says, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there. I'm glad I let it happen. I'm glad he died. (laughs) Really? I'm glad he died? Try that on with your human perspective, so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Thomas, therefore, who's also called Didymus, said to his fellow disciples, "Let us also go that we may die with him." So when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. So now it's been five or six days since Jesus first heard that Lazarus was sick. Certainly Mary, Martha, and their friends had done what they could. They sent for Jesus. Jesus didn't come in time. Lazarus dies. So they do what every Jewish family does. They embalm him. With costly spices, perhaps, they wrap him in a linen sheet, head to foot, and bind his arms and feet so that when rigor mortis sits in, they won't go jerking out. They wrap his face with a linen cloth or a napkin. You can Google this. That's what I did. Even with involving spices, however, in about the third day the body starts to deteriorate. Jewish belief was that the spirit of a person hovered around or above the body for at least three days before it departed to wherever it was going to go. Verse 21. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Now, I have an Aunt Martha. And if it was her saying this, here's how she would have said it.
1: Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died.
0: I don't know how this Martha said it. Maybe she thought that but didn't dare say it. My Aunt Martha would have said it. She was forthright. Wasn't she, Gail? Yes, she did. No guessing about how she felt. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. What a statement. If you'd have been here, a miracle could have occurred. You would have healed him from his sickness. But now he's dead. I don't know how she said it, but I do know this. Love is often misunderstood. I have a friend named John Brown, who's a Bible teacher. And he once said to a group of people where we we were studying together, If I was in Phil and Gail Woody's house with you and they went around the room asking if anyone wanted coffee but skipped me, you would probably think, how rude. They didn't even ask John if he wanted any coffee. But John said, well, I wouldn't think it rude at all because Phil and Gail know me and they know that I don't like coffee. So it would have been a waste of time to ask me. Love is often misunderstood. God's ways are not ours. (laughs) Praise God. God's ways are not ours. If Jesus waited six days before he arrived at the tomb, it's love. It's love. Because love never fails. I don't understand it. I can't explain it. it. wouldn't be my choice of action. But it was God's. It was love. If Jesus sleeps through the storm, there's a reason. It's love. It's love. Verse 23. Jesus said to her, Your brother shall rise again. Martha said, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me Shall live even if he dies. I tell you, the, the more I live and I've seen more sunsets go over the hill that I yet, that I will see, that's more of a comfort every day. I will live even if I die. What a promise. What a promise. That's a promise you can invest your life in. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me shall live even if he dies. And everyone who believe, lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? You need to answer this right now. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord. I have believed that you are the Christ, the Son of God, even he who comes into the world. My hope is built on nothing less than this statement. In spite of all outward appearances, in the face of every mountain I face, every valley I seem to be in, in the face of Goliath. I cling to the old rugged cross. I believe that you are the Christ. You are my Christ. Verse 32. When Mary came where Jesus was, she saw him and fell at his feet, saying, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus, therefore, saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and was troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. In the shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. Jesus wept. And so the Jews were saying, Behold how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not this man who opened the eyes of him who was blind have kept this man also from dying? Of course he could have. <clears throat> Jesus wept. Don't tell me my Lord is some stone faced idol. Don't tell me he created a world and then just left it to its own devices. Don't tell me I serve a God who does not care. Don't tell me my Jesus is not concerned about me. Don't tell me that. Oh, the love of God, how rich, how pure, how marvelous and strong, it shall forever endure. I cannot be separated From his love No height No depth No created thing No power No principality No demon Nothing here Nothing to come No angel Not even death itself Can separate me from his love (laughs) I told you that video Stole my stuff Are you convinced? Are you convinced to the point that you never, ever question God? Why God? Why this? Why that? Why am I sick? Why so and so happen to me? Why bad things happen to good people? I don't ask those questions. I'm not saying it's bad too. I just don't. Because I know that God loves. He's in control. There's no need for me to question Him. He's got it. He loves me. He cares. All the time. He doesn't blink. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't need a vacation day. He never gives up. What more does He have to do? To convince us. Verse 38. Jesus, therefore again, being deeply moved within, came to the tomb. Now it was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, Remove the stone. Martha, the sister of the deceased, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be a stench. For he's been dead four days. Jesus said, did I not say to you, if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Remove the stone. Lord, you're too late. Remove the stone. But Lord, it's been four days. Remove the stone. Lord is hopeless. Remove the stone. The bondage, the shame, the guilt. Remove the stone. He stinks. Remove the stone. I stink. Remove the stone. And see the glory of God. Did I not say to you that you would see the glory of God? Did I not say to you, Jesus says, that you will see the glory of God? You, and you, and you! And so they removed the stone. And Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou heardest me, and I knew That thou hearest me always. But because of the people standing around, I said it, that they may believe this, that thou didst send me. And when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth! And you've probably heard this before from other well-known individuals. But if he had not said, Lazarus, what might have happened? They will all be coming forth. Lazarus, come forth. Scott, come forth. Kate, come forth. Ron, come forth. Grant, come forth. come forth come forth he who died came forth bound hand and foot with wrappings and his face was wrapped round with a cloth and Jesus said unbind him and let him go be free be free Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Arise, shine, for your light has come. Your light. The glory of the Lord is risen on you. On you. There's no obstacle so strong, no mountain too tall. No sorrow too deep. No valley too wide. No Goliath so big. No wound so scarred. No relationship so broken. No situation so awful. My God is so big, so strong, and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. Be free. Be free. Since the Lord has set you free, don't go back again to a yoke of bondage. Be free. Church, we will make a difference. When we hear our Master say to us, to us, to us, allow me to remove that which binds you. Allow me to roll back your stone that covers you, that covers your heart, your life. Allow me to break that which binds you. It's not too late. It's not impossible. It's not too stinky. And when Jesus sets you free, the world around you will know and see your freedom. The change in your life, and they will believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Shine, Jesus, shine. Fill this land with the Father's glory. Blaze, Spirit, blaze. Set our hearts on fire. Burn all the chaff away. Burn the bondages away. Burn the napkins, the bandage away. And be free. Set our hearts on fire. Franklin Covenant. Come forth. Come forth. Church, come forth. Each of us is the church. Come forth, brothers. Come forth, sisters. Come forth, young people. Come forth, old people. Come forth. Be free in Christ. And be who he created you to be. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we bless you. We rejoice in your name. Father, I pray that if any of us, and probably all of us are bound by something this morning. Bound by something. There's something hindering. Some thing. Some situation. Something that you pointed out. We don't all bat a thousand. Father, by your Spirit, I pray that you would just minister to us. Just reveal to us anything that's binding us. Any area where we've stepped back into bondage. And I pray by the power of your mighty Spirit that you would break us loose today. Break us loose. Set us free, Lord God. Restore us into the freedom that's ours in Jesus. That we might be the men and the women and the sons and daughters that you created and called us to be. That we might be like our Jesus. And walk in this world as long as we're here as men and women boys and girls who know and have tasted the goodness of God and are excited and interjected to share it wherever we go whatever our circumstances at work, at home, at play, shopping whatever it is that we might make a difference by your mighty spirit I just bless you today Father I bless you today. Set me free. Set me free. I thank you, Father, for our time together today. Thank you for... The worship. Thank you for leading Becky and the worship team. Thank you for ministering to us through them. Thank you. Thank you so much for your presence. And we do indeed bless you in all things. And we pray this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen.